0: Hello Balancers and welcome to the final guest episode of November. Whether you're tuning into this at the start or very end of your day, I just want you to have a little momentary pause and just think, have I done something for myself today? And if your answer is no, think of a way you can integrate it. Even if it's just swinging past your favorite cafe, it's honestly game changing when you just do something small for yourself. I find these little injections in my day, especially if I do them routinely and they become a habit, just completely flip my day around and that's just one little tip of how I try and stay balanced amongst my busy life. Alrighty, but now for the real reason you guys are all here today to listen to the wonderful fashion designer and founder of EXI, Miss Christina. I had such a pleasure chatting to her about all things, including her journey and experience to date and our thoughts on different aspects of life. What you can expect today is a little bit of background behind her brand Exi, which is one I absolutely love and essentially who the Exi woman is and how she wants to help the everyday woman push past her limiting beliefs by dressing them in attire that is empowering. Absolutely love this whole concept. We also chat a little bit about non-negotiable habits, healthy competition, how we can integrate sustainability, whether you are running a business or just in your own personal life. And then we also do a nice little deep dive into some advice for people starting a business or currently running one and how your interaction with failure is a massive, massive player and really game-changing when it does come to running that show. Christina has also kindly offered 20% off site-wide for all of our listeners today, which I'm so excited about because their pieces are just amazing. So go and check them out at www.existudio.com, And the code for 20% off store-wide is BALANCE go crazy let me know which pieces you get i might be able to match you on some of them and i really hope you enjoy today's raw honest and just really genuine chat let's dive straight in christina thank you so much for your time today it's an honor to have you on the show thank you for inviting me i'm so excited to
1: be here and chat with you this morning
0: me too. I'm, I'm really keen to hear about your journey. So I guess my intro to you is the founder and the brains behind the wonderful XE brand. Um, but can you chat to me and our listener a little bit about, I guess, your journey to date and how you've gotten to where you are?
1: Yeah, sure. I am a trained fashion designer. So I studied fashion design after I graduated from high school prior to studying my degree. I also did short courses since a very young age uh, in illustration and design as well and so that gave me a great portfolio to kind of get into the university degree that I wanted to which was um, RMIT's Bachelor of Design in Fashion which was the part of architecture, the School of Architecture and Design and I did a four-year honours degree there and after that there was some really great opportunities to get involved in competitions and things, uh, which all the students applied for. And we did like runways and a lot of press or all of our work, which was great. And I think, uh, it was when I was studying, uh, my exchange year in New York that I was approached by Project Runway to audition for Project Runway Australia. And so when I came back and finished my degree, I did the audition and got in and, and then I won after that, which was
0: not in the plan <laughs> <laughs> at all. Hey, but it's uh, not, a bad, and, not a bad addition to the plan.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad addition. It definitely sprung boarded me to, I guess, do a collection and, and really learn about the industry pretty fast and, and get recognition quite early on uh, and, and, brands wanted to work with me. So I was quite young. I was 22 and I got my first job uh, as a designer at a company called Rosenbeckett, who was owned by Van Lack in Germany. And so I started there and worked my way up pretty fast to the lead designer alongside uh, a couple of other girls that I went to uni with as well. So we basically were running the design division uh, ourselves. And I stayed there and, and went on to be a senior designer at a streetwear brand. And then after that, uh, I ended up going back onto Project Runway in America, which is Project Runway All Stars and came back, did some freelance work uh, in bridal wear and couture and uh, pattern making and, and kind of got back into the hand making side of the craft in design and, then I landed a job in Germany. So I moved to Germany and I worked as a senior designer at this Group global headquarters in Dusseldorf. And I stayed there for about a year and came back and started working in fast fashion again. And I think whilst I was in Germany, I had this idea that I was going to go on to work at Adidas and perhaps, you know, get a job somewhere in Europe. But you know, I had commitments here in Melbourne. My partner is here, and we made an agreement that I'd come back, and and so I got a job as a said, in fast fashion. And I think I had this desire to create something of my own because after Project Runway, I had my own brand, and it didn't quite work out. I didn't have the knowledge back then to understand how to take a business to the next level. I had buyers, I just didn't understand the concept of scaling a business and I think after all the years of being in the industry, I've realised that I had this, this kind of uh, abundance of tools and knowledge that I could um, use and build something on. And and when I came back from Germany, I was like going to the gym, and you know I saw that there was a gap in the market in terms of premium quality active wear that was available at a good price, and that was fashion forward and not over-designed because a lot of the brands that I was saying were over-designed with a lot of colours and branding and I just wanted to have something that made me look good and feel good and want to go to the gym and, and still make a statement because you know when you when you're I guess interested in fashion you just generally want to look and feel good and and I had this idea of empowering women to push past their limits by dressing them in in garments that would make them feel like they had the strength that perhaps they didn't feel like they had before and so that's kind of how Exi started And, and as I was saying when I was in Germany I had this an idea to create the brand Exi but I wasn't quite sure exactly what the product category would be I just had this concept of who the customer was and what they did and I think for me like I wanted to create something that wasn't just going to always be active where like I wanted it to have slices of product categories that would kind of bring it into this high end fashion uh, division. And so it's like the aesthetic of the brand is high end. And then you actually go to buy the product and it's premium quality, but you're getting a good price. Yeah. Um. But it, it has kind of like all of that in one. Uh, and I think, the the aesthetic of it brings it to that elevated level for sure Uh, um,
0: yeah having bought pieces myself like if I could put my two cents in just here (laughs) it's like great quality it's definitely affordable and I like that it's 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 simple and not overly branded but you you really do feel like you're in like really nicely considered pieces you know like even though some items are almost like staple items there's still like just that's something about them that's just a little bit different and when when my best friend and I came across it for the first time like it really does stick out but I'll, I'll put links to the page below so everyone can check it out anyway but um, thanks but yeah I guess I guess while we're on this tangent like could you just sort of tell us who is the exy woman
1: yeah well the exy woman is someone who is busy Uh, she doesn't have a lot of time on her plate and she is working and potentially traveling. I mean, given the current circumstances, no one's really traveling, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's basically who she is. And she opts to lead a healthy lifestyle and look good whilst doing so. And in addition to that, she wants to push past her limiting beliefs and, you know, we all get to a point and, our week where we don't have the motivation to get up and work out. But the idea is to make it easy to put the XE product on and to empower you to get going and be like, okay, I'm ready to go and work out. Like I want to, I'm motivated to. Uh, So that's that inspiring part of the product.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what, I don't know what would get me up more than a cute matching set. You know, you know, when you have that, that feeling, like when you have matching bar and Andy set, it's like even better when it's like a crop and, and then you put on the yeah, matching jumper, spotted. like very empowering. No, but I, I really love yeah. what you've done with the brand. Um, actually, one thing you right. just mentioned there. So, you know, that, that I think it's, it's quite healthy to admit that we all get to points during the week where you're just like, I don't even know how I'm going to make it to Friday or like, it's just, it's really does seem like an insurmountable kind of day. What are some sort mm. of, cause I know you've got so much on your plate. So you're now still working for another business. As you mentioned, you're running XE as a solo man. Um, mm. You know, like how, how, how do you kind of grapple with moments like that when they come up during the week? Cause it's really not a question of, oh, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like, you know, being so busy, you really just have to kick on. Like, how do you, tap into those limiting beliefs and push past them?
1: It's a great question and it's a very tough one. I think over the years I've managed to develop a habit of blocking out those thoughts, the limiting thoughts. So when I do feel like that, uh, because I do, generally I will put music in, make a coffee like put music into my ears Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'll like just push through and I think that's basically what it is And, and unfortunately a time at the beginning of opening a business and having to work multiple jobs there is not much balance like I don't get the balance to you know be able to wake up at a normal time and, you know, go out and see my friends and have dinner on the weekends. It is all about work right now. But I think one of the key things that I try to do is segregate some really important things that are really important for me. And I think that's working out. And because if I don't work out, then I don't have the motivation to do anything. So at least three days a week, I'll carve out half an hour to an hour Uh, just dedicated to doing like a full body workout. And that always resets my body and my mind. Like it just takes me out of the space of working, especially being in front of the computer a lot to being out in nature, which I think is a a great thing because I wouldn't usually work out outside, but because we've been in isolation and the gyms have been closed, it's like I've been forced to kind of do that, that fresh air and um, just kind of having that, exactly it really helps um so that's kind of how i tackle it but i mean for example yesterday which was saturday i was so exhausted like i have had meetings back to back i've had to develop collections in a day like like five collections in one day and you know that requires sketching and putting range plans together and it takes a lot of work so the the days have been very long and and also with my clients i've been having to push uh you know different production schedules and get get everything ready so that's like another focus as well and i think everything just really took its toll on me uh and yesterday i was like i don't know if i can physically and mentally bring myself to complete this task but I just had, like, I just had to do it. I was like, there's no no's because if I don't do it today, then tomorrow this needs to get done. And then everything kind of just pushes out. And I, and I look at, like, the schedule and I'm like, I'm going to thank myself if I do this today. So, as I said, I plugged my music in, I made a coffee, and I just went for it. And I gave myself a deadline because it was my brother and my sister's my birthday catch-up last night. I so I've got to get it done before that. And I did it. So sometimes you just have to really buckle down and do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, so one of the things you just mentioned, so if we're chatting about balance, for example, one of the things I always try and say on the podcast or just in general with this whole uh, podcast is like, so balance is one of those things that's going to look very different at different points in your life. So what I would, perhaps say is right now it's not that you're imbalanced it's just that your balance scales are tipping in different directions so right now because you are a a new business you know, and you're not, you don't have a massive team helping you out and you're juggling a full time job, it does require your balance to be in that career work category a lot more than, you know, your personal, social, all those things. But I think the key thing would Mm -hmm. be that those things are not like eradicated completely. If you still can at least put like one egg in each of those baskets, at least at some point, like you said, now I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd probably like to be working out five, six days a week, but if you can Mm minimum just get the three in, you're still like get you're still tipping that balance scale in that you know area of your life to some degree so you know and and i I totally get what you're saying but i think um i think people get very disheartened a lot when they feel like they don't have the quote work-life balance which is you know i don't know what is it like people think they can have 50 50 but if if for a lot of people listening a lot like you a lot like me like what we do in our Mm. spare time I would say borders on work and life. Like it'd be a mix of both. It's it's stuff you're passionate about, but it's also, you know, your work too. So I think we've got to be yeah. careful sometimes to 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 knock ourselves down and say we're not balanced. I think it's more more, you know, like you don't have kids right now. Um, well, not yeah. that I'm, not that I'm aware of. I'd be very impressed I if
1: you did. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like, like to.
0: <laughs> so when that day comes, you know, you you your balance yeah. won't be able to look like this. But um, but that's yeah, exactly so, right. Know, just the journey you're on at the moment. That's probably where your your scales are tipping at this point in time.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, that's a really important thing because I always felt like there was something wrong with me. I was like, Oh, I'm working so much like this. You know, I I was actually really sad and upset about the quantity that I was working. And then I listened to a few podcasts um, with very successful CEOs and they've all said like the one thing that they don't have is the, the, I guess, stereotypical Life work balance. Yeah. yeah, sure. Because you make a choice, and it is like your choice. And I think you've got to kind of own that and be like, no, this this is what I believe in. This is what I want to do, and I want to achieve, and therefore I'm going to put in the hours to get there. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it.
0: Hundred percent. And I
1: don't think anyone else should either. Like that's within your circle of your friends and your family. Like if they really um, believe in you, then they will allow you that space to be able to do that. So. I think that's like a, a really key thing that I've learned. Um and that's really taken a pressure off my shoulders because I don't feel that guilt anymore.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And great. I think I think like being an entrepreneur or, or running a business is really demonized when it comes to like looking at yourself as a human being. Because if you, I don't know, if you know anyone that's um, trained for professional sports or perhaps they're like a musician or something like that, like if they practice heat, mm. the comments always, oh, wow, they're so committed to their art. But when it comes to like business, it's like, oh, no, no, you're overworking. So I think, exactly. I think the conversation really needs to change and, you know, like creating a, a business or an, it's an art form. It's something that you throw so much passion into. And, you know, if, if it's your choice right now to use all your spare time and put it in that basket, then that's just what your balance is today, you know?
1: Exactly. Completely yeah. agree with you.
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah. So, yes, I think that's definitely fair to say that you're – we know where, you're ba- <laughs> where your balance scales are tipped <laughs> at this point in time. Um, so I guess while we're talking about your balance, do you have any like non-negotiable habits or rituals that form part of maybe first thing in the morning? I know you already mentioned you try and do the exercise three times a week, um, but is there yeah. anything else that really just helps keep you grounded that's like a non-negotiable, you have to do it?
1: Mm. Well, in the mornings, I always wake up and stretch. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we all have the clicks and the, and the joints <laughs> and when we wake up. But, yeah, I, I actually have um, rheumatoid arthritis. So my body is very um, inflamed and I have to be very careful about, you know, like what I put into my body and how I use my body. And I think I've got to be very gentle with myself. So when I wake up, I try to do like a lot of stretches and get just get those like long stretches in to my back in my legs. And then I'll generally make a lemon ginger water before I consume anything else before I drink any coffee or eat anything, because that helps to like line my gut. <clears throat> and that's really important with an autoimmune disease as well. And um, I'm shouting out to house of max right now because they've helped me with <laughs> this ritual um, and so that I find really good to, to do that. And then I'll have my breakfast and my coffee. So I think when I do that, I feel good. Like I'm ready for my day. If I do skip that routine, I just feel a little bit out of touch with myself. Yeah. Um, and like for the last two days, like I've been very aware cause I, I did skip that and I haven't done that for a really long time. Um, and I just find the coffee absorbs differently into to your body when you don't have that ginger and water. Like it makes me just feel anxious, yeah. <clears throat> so I have to be. And because I have like hyper adrenaline naturally, like my adrenaline um, levels are like super high. If I have coffee on top of that, I'm like Fun. ready
0: to do a marathon. <laughs>
1: like it's. It's pretty hardcore. And that
0: wouldn't so, have been good if you could only run 5Ks from your house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's completely like a waste of coffee. <laughs> but um, but that's, yeah, I think that's the key thing, the mornings, um, because I tend to work really late at night yeah. um, and I don't really cap it either. Like I'll just keep going on my computer. So it's like, it's just like a nice way to... To kind of get me into the rhythm of the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's so funny like, literally, every single person I've interviewed or even other podcasts I've listened to, like, everyone goes on about their morning routine. And honestly, I do think it deserves to be this like trophy that we all talk about it as because realistically, like, things pop up in the day, especially if you're just running your own show. And you can't always guarantee, like you could, you could commit to, I don't know, half an hour of meditation or exercising at lunch, but the day often yeah. gets away from you. So if you can just do that one thing in the morning before you really start doing things for the universe and for other people, like you're just giving a little mm. bit to yourself and then you can kind of rest assured that like, all right, take me, I'll just do whatever for the rest of the day. <laughs>
1: A hundred percent. I think also something that I missed was I. A lot of you know, we're all different. Either we're a planner or we're a doer. Or like we have our different work uh, methods. And for me, I have to plan. Like I not, I need to know what the day looks like. And so I have this like epic spreadsheet that everything gets logged into, and then I can see like everything up until you know like twenty twenty two. So wow. in the nights or during the day, like I'll go into that list and it's a digital list and I'll like, you know, click if it's done or shift it to like a new day if it has to get pushed out. And that I find really helps me gather my thoughts because I'm like really noisy in my head and very quiet externally. So during the day, like I won't talk, but my head is just like, on super amplified yeah <laughs> and it's really hard i find to like gather that so to visually be able to to write something down and and be able to shift it around it's it's like this comfort feeling i find
0: yeah, I definitely resonate with that. I've got something very similar, but I handwrite mine. I still, I've tried to convert yeah. it so many times to electronic <laughs> lists, but I'm like, I just, I just, there's something about like ticking it off with a pen that's just so, so soul soothing. <laughs> but um, I'm exactly the <laughs> yeah. same. Like, and I feel like the second it goes on the paper, like I don't need to leave room for it in my head. Like it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. I'm not gonna forget it. Like I don't need to hold on to it and and leave space for it in my mind. It's like okay, cloud lifted. You know, I'm I'm definitely a list person too. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Because otherwise, if it doesn't get on that list, it just, it's like on repeat. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's either going to keep like kicking you or it's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, we might move on to the next sort of thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is something. Um, so, for anyone listening who doesn't already know, I on the side run a little fitness business as well called ES Fit, and we have in the past um, with Exi done some collaboration. And I know, I know you're a big advocate for healthy competition, um, which I think is quite refreshing in a world where, you know, everyone's competing for for consumer attention, eyeballs, clicks, Mm -hmm. all those things. So can you talk to me a little bit about what it means to you and why you think it's important in the realm we live in today?
1: I think competition in general, uh, has a nasty reputation to some degree. Um, I come from the background of competitive sports. So I was growing up as a competitive gymnast and it's very much embedded into my DNA. (laughs) I just can't seem to let it go. And I think the way that I see it is a way that we grow. So it's a way that we evolve as a society in an industry if we look at it in that way. And it kind of just brings everything up a notch. So if you set a standard and that's what you're, I guess, comparing everything to, then of course the standard will rise. So, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. And then also like with my peers, like I have a lot of people uh, and friends that work within the fashion industry and, you know, one of us might produce a sustainable packaging range for our product and then you know a person will see that and they'll be like oh they're doing sustainable packaging I think I should do that too and then all of a sudden everyone's doing sustainable packaging and then it positively impacts the environment yes so it's like a positive outcome and I think that's kind of how I see it if, if it can be um, competitive in that way then we can kind of change the mindset, and then a trend kicks up, kicks out from that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I think that's a really nice way to look at it. Like it's it's almost like a positive domino effect rather than a copycat, um, you know, type thing. But yeah,
1: um, I do. There's a lot of that going around, of course. But I think I think it's. I I'd prefer not to. Yeah, <laughs> I'd prefer not to think to to. I guess do that like I personally wouldn't want people to like you know compete with me for that reason mm. just for the bottom line because at the end of the day we are on this world together and you know we should all work as a team together you know whilst succeeding you know in our own right um, but improving you know, the society that we live in because if we are just competing to step on each other, it's just going to create, um, I guess, like a, a toxic culture for sure. and I don't want to live in a world like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. You yeah, know, and it's it's really nice when um, I get the time to sit down and, and talk to faces like you behind big and emerging brands. Like it's it's not only really exciting but it is quite refreshing to see the human side of, of brands. So, um, yeah, Mm. thanks for sharing. Um, and while we're on the topic (laughs) of sustainability, because I must admit, um, when we sort of started ESV, it was definitely not something we had considered, you know, like on top of all the things from marketing to socials, to product and website and all these things like, sustainable packaging was just like not something we thought about but have since sort of tried to implement and change and think how we can Mm. you know if if a business is listening and they've they've been thinking you know perhaps there's something they want to do where where do they even start like let's talk maybe specifically within like the e-commerce fashion space Um, Mm -hmm. like do you have any tips from your own experience of where they can start even if it's just you know the smallest change
1: I think the smallest change would be packaging and that could be just the satchels that you post the product in if it, if it is an e-commerce product-based uh, mm. business because that's one thing that will eliminate uh, plastic going into landfill and not being able to decompose. If you can switch that up and opt for, which there's so many companies that now out there that are producing biodegradable postage satchels yeah, and they're
0: actually all um you can brand them all too which is like that's how we got out yeah. fully branded and they're recyclable so it's so good
1: yeah like that's i think that's such a great start and then you know if you're already doing that you could look at the other packaging like the swing tags uh or perhaps what the you know what the garment is packaged with before it goes into the satchel as well and then you could probably work backwards from there I've tried to – it is really difficult if you've started a brand that isn't sustainable and to, like, shift it because if you've already purchased, like, all your products and all your uh, packaging and everything like that, then, of course, you know, to to shift it around and change the production process is – it's a long journey. But, I mean, if you can do it from the get-go, that will make it easier. But if you can't – you know, you can phase things out – if you want to change the, the fabric of the product or the quality of the product, you can phase old product out and do different things with that old product as well. Um, I guess there's so many facets of sustainability that I could delve into. It would probably take a while, but I won't do that. But, um, but if anyone yeah wants to reach out to discuss anything like that with me, I'd be more than happy to chat with them and, you know, help in any way that I can.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's very kind. I'll definitely pop links to um, not only your business page, but your personal page below too. Um, just maybe Thanks. whilst we're still on this tangent, let's talk about like just being an individual in a household. What are your mm-hmm. like top two sustainable tips that are like so easy to implement that people may not even have considered that they could just start today? within the like within the household my own so, like house. away yeah. away from business, more like in a personal
1: I think less is more I think limit what you bring into the house. And I always look at things for purpose and that's why I created a fashion brand that has purpose, not just for the sake of yeah. having a fashion brand per se. But I think every item should have its purpose, not just for the sake of being an item. Um, and whether that is, for example, like the soap that I use, I'll refill that so I don't have to throw out the plastic. So perhaps having things like objects that, um, for example, like a soap holder that isn't a dispensable, like one that you just don't like throw out and, and buy a new one and throw out. So refills, uh, and then yeah, just being mindful of what's in the house. I think, um, there's nothing in here that I want to throw out. Like I will invest in good quality ceramics, and you know, if it's an object that's like made by an artist, like I plan to keep that. It's not just like a random seasonal low quality object, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that's one key thing that you just said. It's not seasonal. I think buying timeless pieces um, that you know that you're going to keep forever and and collect and hold on to for your life is is definitely number one. And I think, um, you know, it's, I used to be obsessed with like buying clothes and now, um, I mean, I don't even wear Xy Like I'm so mindful of like keeping that for the customer and everything that I have is like vintage, <laughs> like I literally last night I went out with my sister and I was like oh my gosh I'm wearing vintage Valentino that I bought like 10 years ago and a vintage Vivian Westwood shirt that I bought like 15 years ago and that's just like it just hit me last night and I was like wow I actually like how am I a fashion designer like (laughs) do you know what I mean you're a sustainable one I just it's it's kind of goes against like not goes against but it's like to see you. like all these fashion designers out there that are constantly like you know wearing new things and always being like up to date and I I feel like sometimes yeah like I'm the other side of that like the values are slightly different so
0: but I hope kind of that, nice when yeah yeah that answered the question yeah but um it, it, it is nice when you find when you're not only comfortable, but you're kind of bold in, in claiming your place within an existing space. Like just because you're a fashion designer doesn't mean you need to be wearing the hot new thing off the press every single week. Like you've, you know, kind of claimed a space and you're, you know, you're, you're content to defy that, well, I like that part of it, but not this part of it. And, it, you know, that's, mm. that's, that's life in general. Like I think, I think when you try and emulate or just fit into a box that's existing, like I think you really do limit your potential like it's it's nice when you can yeah. say like even if we just if we take that concept and look at like a morning routine if you just say okay I, I really i heard christina on this podcast talking about you know the ginger in the morning before the coffee and then i heard someone else talking about a cold shower and you try things and you see what works you know it's not about fitting into what's out there it's about like claiming and, and testing things for yourself so
1: yeah, yeah I, don't I completely. Therapy.
0: Of that at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I completely agree with you. And I think, uh, you know, people who aspire to be entrepreneurs and, you know, have this desire to better themselves. And we look at, you know, we listen to podcasts and we read bios about, you know, successful CEOs and things like that. And they all have their rituals. And I've read so many of them and I've tried so many out, like, you know, writing affirmations in the morning and having a diary and things like that. And for me, like, know doing certain things like it just one takes up too much time and just doesn't go with my rhythm and and that's exactly right it's about finding what works for you and and just not feeling that pressure to be someone else and i know that i do you know i look at what other people do and um and this is actually odd because i was never like that in my 20s and now i'm in my 30s and i'm like why am i like this now um but like yeah, like almost like a comparison being like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. And then I have to always bring myself back and be like, no, like you know your rhythm and this kind of sounds odd, but like your vibrations and your pace. And yeah. I think if if we don't nurture that as and we're not um aware of that as individuals, then you're just working against your natural body and your natural mind and your flow. And then of course nothing works, but as soon as you start to like be aware of who you are and, and live more in line with your truth, then things will start to come naturally. And that's what I'm starting to see now. I'm like, oh, oh okay, like people were realizing, you know, I'm doing this because I love it, but then it's resonating. So okay, it looks like something's working. Just trust the process. Yeah. Like and let go and everything will be okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but but I would say, like, I think, you know, when you're you're looking at people, say you admire or CEOs that you're you're wanting to get tips from and stuff. I think um, I think would be unrealistic and and if we'd be doing ourselves a disservice to think that they don't fall into the trap of comparison too. Like, I just think being on social media is like you're instantly playing the comparison game, and I think it's mm. it is normal, but it it can also be very unhealthy if you get too wound up in it and and it kind of comes back to what we were talking about like healthy competition it's it's more like rather than saying mm-hmm. oh i envy that person for what they have you know it's like good on them like love that for yeah. them they've got that and you can aspire to have the same but it's about like you know shifting that because i think i think the, the competitive you know comparison space it's just like with social media it's so like in your face all the time but it's really about yeah. how do you interact with that rather than like avoid it yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that's, that's a great point. And another just to add on to it is how and what you can learn from some of these people that you feel you might be, I guess, competing with, Um, you know, what, what can you learn from what they do if it's working for them? Yeah, you know, many. I mean, it might not work for you, but then you're like, you know, for some of my friends who are very successful on social media, I'll reach out and be like, Hey, do you have any tips about X, Y, Z? And and generally they're really open to, you know, sh- sharing whatever information they might have. Um, and people are like generally kinder than what they appear to be, um, you know, on their social media feed as That's well. So like, true. and, and it's, it's just such a hard thing because we're such, you know, the majority of, um, communication is visual. It's body language. It's, you know, how we, um, perceive it on a visual level. And I think if we can, you know, take the ego out of it and kind of see beyond that and, and like level ourselves out as humans and just remember we are all human. (laughs) So we all do have that empathy to some degree, um, that we can reach out and talk to each other and break the ice so to speak. Yeah,
0: yeah no, that's, that's a nice point. And it is true. Like when, when you just sort of throw a rod out there, like people, people love fish, they'll just catch on. And, <laughs> you know, they'll. everyone's <laughs> really like, I, I've even, I've had this experience more like doing the podcast and just reaching out to people and everyone's very happy to give you their time. All you need to do is ask. sometimes like, if you don't ask, like you never get, and if, and if you ask and nothing happens, like you're in no different position. So just ask the questions, just put yourself out there to where you feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's amazing where it can take totally. really.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and I love that. Like, I love the confidence within that because it's an ease of confidence. It's not like a, oh, like I'm nervous. It's like, you just let it go and just ask. <laughs>
0: that's, right, that's right. So the last thing yeah. I wanted to chat to you about, um, obviously being a business starter yourself, Um, And and I actually didn't know that you had originally started a brand that according to you didn't do well. And now you've re-picked it up and, and done it again. What advice would you give to someone listening who may have just started a business or thinking about starting a business?
1: I think the advice that I would give is you have to be, I think, I don't know if it's advice. It's more just like points like before you jump into something you have to realize that it will be your life um for one and you've got to really decide on whether you want to jump into that business solo or if you want to have a business partner and i think it's really identifying your strengths and weaknesses as an individual um because you know you can't do everything like
0: You can try. Uh,
1: I can try. (laughs) You'll burn out. And I think if you do want to do it yourself, you know, thinking about how much money you need to make or start out with to be able to onboard uh, certain people to to offload some of that work and delegate that work to. because, uh, for example, like, you know, sometimes I might not have the time to do certain things so I have to employ contractors to, you know, do certain work that I could for sure do myself. I just don't have the time to do it. So, um, and at the same time, like I would love a business partner, but I've never met someone that I could trust enough to be able to go into business with. And I think, um, you know, going into business in general is a risk, like it takes a lot of money and it it definitely takes a lot of stamina and, uh, you have to be relentless, uh, in the pursuit of, you know, achieving what you want. Um, and you have to be ready to fail as well. Like the thing is, is there... Is constant roadblocks like on the journey of being an entrepreneur. Like there is never an easy day. Like you don't just kind of like slide through it. It's like you're constantly like being hit over and over again. And yeah. whether that is um, like in the instance of fashion and and creating a product, like um, issues with the product, um, getting deliveries on time, the cost of the product, cash flow, uh, you know the customers social media issues of setting up things with social media, you post something, Facebook doesn't like it, then all of a sudden you can't do a Facebook ad because the blah blah blah. Like it goes on and on and on. And it's like so complex. And then you know to kind of like manage all of that and, and do it all um and be across everything, it's it takes a lot of brain brain power, a lot of time and and you know, obviously brain and body connected. So you get um tired quite easily. And I think the only thing that will help you push past that is having like a true passion uh for what you're doing and on another note i think it's don't just dive into something for the sake of going into it with the with the uh goal of making money i think there's so much out there there's so much noise within our world um especially in terms of product and fashion and you know not to say that you're not going to be successful you probably will be but i just Personally, feel like it would be a waste to just create another brand for the sake of creating another brand that doesn't have a point of difference and that's not solving a problem, but in fact, it's adding noise. It's, yeah, it's not. It, it's adding, um, yeah, like product. It's creating more of a problem. In fact, and and although like it might be making money and it might be successful and girls are wearing it and blah blah blah, like the you need to think about the implications of, you know, what that is, you know, later down the line. Like we are already at this, there's tons of waste, you know, from all product going into landfill. And because we don't see it, we are not aware of that, the implications that it has on the environment. And if we keep scaling the fashion industry at the same pace that it's growing at the moment, it's like, it's a very serious situation but if we can limit uh you know the amount of product that's being made and how it's produced then we can kind of keep the uh, co2 emissions at a steady pace until 2030 so i guess yeah i won't reiterate what i said but
0: be mindful. <laughs> yeah. Think about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think yeah. um, just back a couple of paces to what you were saying about, like, I, I would actually say as well, that if you're going to do something or go head first into something, you really need to have a passion for it. And because at the end of the day, like, yes, you could make money, but money as a goal will not get you through those shit moments when you just feel like, yeah. Nothing's working out, you know. Like your Facebook ads been declined. You're not getting engagement on socials. You might not have had many sales that week. Like having money as your why at that point is not going to get you over that roadblock. And that's yeah, only assume really makes a difference between people who make it and people who don't. Because really, everyone has those roadblocks. And it's like, you what tools do you have to get over them? Like I think it's, you know, I'm sure there are some people who have just started something. It's taken off. Like love that for them. Wish that happened to me. (laughs) But like there's so much much like building and growth along the way that everyone goes through on so many different levels, like that you need to have the right headspace to be able to go over those things. Um, So I think that's a really, really good bit of advice. And yeah, like you're right, every industry is really saturated in different ways. Um, So you really do have to be solving a problem. And um, much like yourself, like with us, we we sort of sat down and had to think of like, well, what, what, what do we feel like is missing in the market? And that's sort of where yeah framework starts coming in and that's where you start solving the problems. But yeah, it, it's really about like the passion and the why. And that's, that's a good bit of advice, I would say.
1: Yeah. And I think when you have that, the solution to a certain problem, it means that you have a topic to talk about that will resonate with your consumer, whether that's a customer or an audience um, because otherwise it'll be the same story over and over again. And that's yeah when it won't resonate with the customer. And I think um, just on the other note of, you know, when things aren't going right, I think a key part of the journey of being an entrepreneur is being curious about learning mm. to, yeah. to be able to overcome those
0: obstacles. For sure. And it's definitely, your relationship with the concept of failure like because in my mind and this has taken a lot of like rewiring it's not like something you just wake up and it just like you know i think the concept i i don't i'm not scared of failing and i think it's an important um outlook to have because every roadblock or quote unquote failure is for me like a lesson or it's an opportunity to improve or learn or pivot, yeah. you know, and, and I think you have to have that mindset because or else you'll just sit there and think really that you're a failure when things are just needing a bit of a tweak or you need to upskill or you need to outsource, like you need to know when to make those calls. And I think your relationship with the whole concept of failure is a big part of the mindset side of that. Experience. Yeah,
1: definitely. And and I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, ego is a big part of failure because if we didn't have the ego and this, and I guess what we're really scared of is the judgment of other people and what they're going to think about us. And as soon as you eliminate that, then of course you just got yourself. So Mm -hmm. you don't actually aren't failing at all because at the end of the day, if something doesn't work, you've learned from it. And one, another part of that is that you can go and get a job and, you know, make money for a bit and then go and launch another brand. Like it's not that bad. And at the end of the day, people's attention span is like so microscopic that they'll forget about it and they really don't care anyway because they've got their own lives to worry about.
0: (laughs) I was just going to say like the things we think we're doing to impress others or we we were worried about being judged on like people actually, they just don't care like whether they're too busy or too like everyone's on their own journey. And so things that might seem like catastrophic and massive to you like most people won't even it won't even register you know like I I'm sure like at the point where you you know you thought your other business didn't work out like that's not even something I know now about you you know what I mean but at that point it would have felt like such a I'm sure big big part of your life um yeah you know for other people who aren't as engrossed even and this actually goes the other way too like when I when I'm pouring hours and in time into what's this ad copy going to say? Like at the end of the day, it's just like, what's going to get people's attention? What do people care about? You know, and, and they yeah. really often don't care about the same things that you do. And it's it's an important thing to remember on both sides from a, you know, marketing point of view, but also personal point of view, because or else you get consumed in this like cyclical loop of, oh, what are people going to think? And you end up just being in, inactive and stagnant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like it paralyzes you. Yeah. know, yeah, That's, that's such a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah, thinking about things from someone else's perspective, definitely. I mean, that's the challenge, right, to understand what the consumer wants and, and how to communicate it to them. I'm curious to know more.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, watch your space. I'll, I'll let you know how I go. <laughs> All righty, look, before I, um, before I let you go, I thought I might just throw throw in um, what has been your proudest moment to date? oh
1: uh I think in any aspect of your life uh, it's actually yeah I I don't know there's been a, quite a few different little things but I think the proudest thing is for example I was working uh, on a client's account so it's not even to do with XE. I was working for you know big retail company um as a, a contractor and you know that's my baby to manage and and I do all the technical work and send it across. And all the first samples came back right. And generally, you know, you don't go to bulk with the first sample. And they were like, "This is unheard of." And then I was like, <clears throat> "I was like, yeah, we can go straight to bulk." <laughs> and I like, "It's because your it's because your technical packs were like so clear and like well put together that they were communicated to a point where they didn't have to do any more work." And I think that kind of like hit me. And I was like, "Ah." Oh, Like I feel weird because, you know, like for such a long time I've been second-guessing myself, you know, for all these years. And although I've been working in this industry for such a long time, I still feel like an imposter. But I think it hit me at that point where I was like without sounding like, you know, um, egotistical, but like I have the capability of doing it and well to like for a huge client that you know that turns over like I don't know potentially billions of dollars um and I think you know and having that come to me and I'm just sitting in my little office at home like on my computer like (laughs) doing these just technical work um I think that felt like a big achievement um although it was completely like you know, it was, like wasn't broadcasted anywhere. Like it wouldn't have met, mattered to anyone else, but just to me. Um, and it was just, you know, a sense of um, achievement and also validation as well. For sure. Like and I
0: think. Um, yeah. I think it's hard sometimes to sit there and say like, and it's you know, it's not egotistical at all. Like you really do need to remember, like you know, I am. You know, what, whatever the affirmation is that uh, falls in line with that event, like you need to own those moments, and it's not you being selfish. Or I just think, like when the shoe's on the other foot and you're having like a really bad day, you're we're always the first to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm like I can't do this, or it's too hard, or this or that. You're, you're quick to make the comment then. So I think mm. on the, like when you do have those moments, like you need to you need to praise yourself. So that's awesome. That's that's a cool moment to have had. I can only imagine how good that would have been. <laughs> Yeah, it felt pretty good. awesome. (laughs) Cheers to that. (laughs) So if people want to reach out to you to chat about anything we've spoken about today, is Instagram your preferred contact method?
1: You can reach me anywhere. I think the best place where I most likely will see it come through is my email, which is hello at xcstudio.com. But if you want to uh, follow the journey and get on board. I would love it if you can follow the, uh, XC studio page on Instagram and, uh, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can also DM me there as well. And I can just send you my email through DM. <laughs>
0: Perfect. I'll chuck all that below, but I just want to thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really nice chatting, getting to know you a bit more and, um, Thanks, I- likewise. an awesome rest of your weekend. Have
1: a wonderful weekend and thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and um, I would love to catch up again, whether it's on another podcast or if it's just in person for a coffee. So that have a be nice coffee. weekend.
0: And that's a wrap for this week, Balances, Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it. Or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop. So you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam. We promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced.